In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. On September 27, 1965, U.S. Air Force pilot Colonel George Robert Hall was shot down as he was flying a reconnaissance mission over North Vietnam. He ejected from his aircraft and parachuted to the ground, where he was immediately captured by the North Vietnamese Army. He was taken to a prison camp, which would later become known as the Hanoi Hilton, where he would endure years of torture. And the worst he experienced was not so much physical, but psychological. He was placed in a seven by seven foot cell, 49 square feet, where he would spend the next seven and a half years, alone, isolated from other prisoners. Colonel George Hall, however, not only survived this experience, he was released on February 12, 1973, but he improved himself during this time. Not physically, he was 200 pounds when he was captured, and when released, he was 100 pounds, but he had grown greatly in his mental capacity. He and the other prisoners, by an ingenious means of tapping on prison walls, had learned how to communicate with each other. In this clever way, they overcame their isolation. And not only that, they began teaching each other classes. Colonel Hall was a graduate of the US Air Force Academy and he taught what he remembered of his classes to the other prisoners. In turn, one of the other prisoners taught him to speak Spanish. Others learned math and science. In fact, when he, uh, later when he would be released, he, took, he enrolled in a Spanish course and took the final test the first day and passed it 100%. <clears throat> uh, perhaps what Colonel George Hall is most remembered for during this time is that he played 18 holes of golf every day in his mind. He'd been an avid golfer, and every day he would imagine himself dressing in his golf clothes, getting his equipment, driving to the range. He imagined the course, the trees, the grass. He would practice his swing uh, using his thumb. Mentally, he would keep score for the entire game. And after his release, hadn't picked up a club in eight years, he played his best game ever. Colonel George Robert Hall, by exercising the power of his mind, not only survived seven and a half years of solitary confinement, but he thrived. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in my last few homilies, I've been speaking about the pandemic of fear in our world today, the COVID virus, the unjust vaccine mandates, the possibility of losing the traditional Latin mass and the sacraments, our freedom. But no matter what the external circumstances are or might be, 
Like Colonel George Robert Hall, we have no reason to fear. No reason to fear being overcome by these circumstances. We can turn evil on the outside to our benefit on the inside. By, by properly putting the mind which God gave us to good use. If a man like Colonel Hall had the mental discipline to benefit his intellectual life in adverse circumstances, can we not use our minds to benefit our spiritual life in adverse circumstances? Are we so weak intellectually, have we so little imagination, so little willpower, so little determination, that we allow ourselves to be overcome by fear, by adversity, much less than what Colonel Hall endured. I promised in my last sermon to explain how to make a perfect act of contrition and how to make a good spiritual communion. These are two means of extra sacramental grace that will help us to alleviate the fear of possibly losing the sacraments or whatever else may happen in life. If confession is not available, my sins can still be forgiven by a perfect act of contrition. If the Mass is not available, we can still gain grace by making a spiritual communion. Knowing how to make use of these opportunities of grace will help to alleviate that fear. Now, the spiritual communion and, and perfect contrition, these have been around for centuries in the church especially spiritual communion. Uh, the reception of daily Holy Communion is a recent um, uh, practice in the church. Most people, uh, that's what they would do. Uh, when they went to daily Mass, they would be making daily spiritual communions. For this reason, most of the spiritual communions you find online or, or, in, or in old prayer books are short. Ones by Alphonsus Liguri or uh, other such saints, they're very short because they were designed to be said by persons who were in the church. They were there, they just weren't receiving. It wasn't a practice of the church yet. Uh, but what do we do when we have nothing? No church, no priest, no mass. How are we going to make a good spiritual communion then? How can we keep our spiritual fervor at a, a peak? We need to be able to reach the level of detail that Colonel George Robert Hall did in his mind. He recreated an entire golf course in his head. The trees, the wind, his stance, his swing, all the details. And that's what we should be able to do for the Mass, for the sacraments, if they're not available. Close our eyes and imagine. Now this sermon, actually, we ought to consider this a reminder. We've already been through all this. Remember 18 months ago when, when everything was closed? Then Easter was canceled in 2020? I uh, remember being in your living room, right, putting on your, 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 your Sunday clothes and watching Mass on, on YouTube. Uh, that's, that's what we need to be able and ready to do. And, and to view that not as I'm losing grace <clears throat> or, uh, you know, we can't do anything, but as I can still gain grace. And even if, even if the, the, we don't have even access to electricity or that, what if we're in jail? What if we're imprisoned? We haven't lost everything. We can still gain grace. We can still make an act uh, of perfect contrition. We can still make a spiritual communion. Remember, too, in, in one of my last sermons, I mentioned the Japanese Catholics. They endured 250 years with no sacraments. They survived. We should have that same attitude. And I would, I would suggest, I would encourage parents, uh, teach your children how to do this. Right? Have them all sit down and be quiet. There's a first time for everything. <clears throat> 
have them close their eyes and tell them we're going to Mass. And explain it to them. All right, we're, we're in the car, we're going to Mass, we've just pulled up. Look, there's the doors. Look at those nice wooden doors. We've come inside. You're kneeling down in the pew. Look at that nice, beautiful sanctuary. Remember the stained glass windows. Say your prayers. Here they are. Listen, there's the bell. Here comes the priest. Right? That's, that's important. We're, bring your children through that. They'll remember that. And they'll remember that all the way through the rest of their life. And if anything happens in their life, they'll know what to do. Don't worry, kids. My parents taught me what to do. Now I'm going to teach you. Something like that is, is how those Japanese Catholics would have survived, would have passed on the faith. That's what they had to do. Uh, but to be prepared, to be prepared later means paying attention right now. It means not taking what we have here for granted, not taking the sacraments, the church, the beauty, uh, our choir, uh, thinking about it, immersing ourselves in it, really letting ourselves uh, pay attention, let it soak in, so that when the time comes, if God forbid it is taken away, we don't have access to it, we remember. And uh, to help us, I've put in, in today's bulletin, I've actually included in that priest section uh, a very detailed uh, spiritual communion. That's something to be done uh, if you can't make it to Mass. Uh, it encourages you. Do the readings, do the epistle, do the gospel, gives the preparatory prayers before communion, uh, gives you a space to make you know, your, your, active, uh, your spiritual communion, uh, gives you thanksgiving prayers afterwards. So I encourage you all, uh, take a bulletin, look at that section, and practice it at some point. Uh, if you get, we get snowed in this winter or you can't make it to Mass or whatever it may be, do, do it during the week. Practice going to Mass in your mind. Practice your mind. Exercise it. Don't wait until it's too late. Get ahead of time. Uh, the other one, other than a spiritual communion, there's a perfect act of contrition. And this is uh, simply all the usual steps as in regular confession with the additional intention of confessing them as soon as you possibly can and uh, having sorrow for having offended God alone uh, because of his pure goodness. Attrition, or, or imperfect contrition as it's called, uh, is sufficient for sacramental confession. I'm sorry for my sins because I don't want to endure hell or because I'm afraid of punishment. That's imperfect contrition and that suffices when confession's available. When there is no confession, we have to elicit perfect contrition. I'm sorry for having offended God and God alone. So if we have to do that, if we have to make that act of perfect contrition, we should call to mind our sins, venial and mortal, recall our mortal sins in kind and in number, make a firm resolution not to commit them anymore, to give up any habit of sin, be sorry for them for God's sake alone. This can be done uh, on our knees before a crucifix or an image of our Lord. And say some preparatory prayers. Act as if you really were going to confession. Uh, confess your sins e either in your mind or if nobody else is around, you can quietly speak them right to our Lord. Uh, one by one. Give yourself a penance. Make an act of contrition. And that's a good practice. That would be good e even, even uh, in circumstances that aren't extreme. If perhaps it's going to be a week or two weeks or maybe somebody's going to be delayed by a month or so until they can receive, uh, go to confession, don't sit there. If, if, if you're in a state of mortal sin, don't think, well, I'm stuck for the next month. Try to make that act of perfect contrition because we can have our mortal sins forgiven. We can have sacramental grace uh, given back to our soul by an act of perfect contrition. We just can't be sure. 
we can't receive communion uh, until we go to a sacramental confession, but we can start praying the rosary, gaining indulgences, gaining graces. Uh, we can at least try. Now, in all these things I've described, practicing in this manner, it is not just preparing ourselves for what if we lose the sacraments? What if the worst happens? What if the mass is taken away? Uh, this is preparing us for when we can no longer go to mass, when we can go no, no longer go to confession, which is the day we die. There is going to come a time when our time is up. We'll have no more opportunities. Uh, the souls in purgatory know that very well, that this month of November, dedicated to the holy souls, their time is up. And one of the regrets of the holy souls is not making use of the graces available, not taking advantage of what God had put before them. And I want to spare you all that, that pain uh, of, of having departed this life and knowing I missed it. Uh, I went through a hard time. I could have advanced. I could have benefited, but I didn't know how. I didn't put forth the mental effort. Don't let that be you. Colonel George Robert Hall is proof that it can be done. If he did what he did to preserve his earthly life, cannot we do the same to preserve our supernatural life? If difficult times come, if the sacraments are not available, we need to be able to say to ourselves, not only will I survive, I will thrive. I will double down on my efforts. I will give God more attention than ever. No excuses, no fear. We can always go close, grow closer to God, whatever our external circumstances, good or bad, may be. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.